Today's message is entitled, What Must We Relay? And this is so important, especially because this is something that's been on my mind for quite a bit, uh, especially uh, as everyone here will already know, uh, since uh, the passing of the late Reverend Chris Lee, this is something that I've been thinking about even deeper, where we really need to know what we're actually holding on to as we have this gospel. Um, and what is really important for us to actually pass on to this next generation. And in our intro, I'm just going to ask you these two questions. What do you plan to pass on? And what is your legacy, right? And these two questions, you know, everybody in the world kind of think of towards their older age. Um, but this is something that we need to think about now because this helps us to plan what we really need to focus our life upon. So many times we're very short-sighted in what we must do with our lives to the point where we don't know what to do with our lives. We're just, just kind of breezing by, um, just making it, you know, sprinkle in some vacation time in the process and just living life. But what is all this for, right? And as we see trends take place in our world today, in our culture and throughout the world, it's not a great trend. Things are not headed in the right direction. And what is it that we really do plan to pass on to our next generation, right? Is it just wealth, right? Generational wealth, you know, that's what uh, so many people in the world, especially in the world of economics, talk about, you know? But what's the point of wealth when what's taking place inside our heart and our mind is rotting away? What's the point of even good health when our mind and our heart is rotting away? There's a lot of young people out today, unfortunately, that are depressed. They have good minds. They, they make good grades. But anxiety attacks them. So much so that they can't use the brain that they're given. And it's so sad to see so many broken people throughout the world. We see this within our peers. We see this with our friends. We see this with people on the news. But what is it that we as a church need to pass on? And what's so sad today is so many churches are actually falling apart little by little, especially due to COVID. A lot of people are just kind of hanging out at the, at the house. <laughs> and I know some of us are joining online too, but eventually we need to come in person, you know, and gather as the Bible does say. And this is all predicted in the Bible, too, that in the, in the end days that people don't want to gather. And this is what we're seeing exactly today. Fortunately for us, we have a majority of our church members that do come in person. And we really need to see what do we plan to pass on. Do we just plan to pass on a building or plan to pass on um, a bigger community? We have to see even beyond that. 
Because the Bible, what we just read today in our passage, is that we are given this gospel that is the power of God. But today, so many people don't know this accurate gospel. Our first point here today is this, the gospel, right? It says that we're saved, but saved from what, right? What are we saved from? We're saved from spiritual death. When we're spiritually dead, that means that we can't overcome these problems that we're facing inside out by ourselves. There are sins that we can't have, we don't have a control of. There are thoughts that keep running in our heads that we cannot take control of. Some of us here may even have nightmares that you have no control of. Some of you guys are struggling spiritually or mentally or you know, physically or all the above. We're spiritually dead. Yes, physically we're alive. But inside, if we do not have Christ, we are dead. We're just subject to our fate. We're subject to what the world throws at us. We're subject to all the news that we hear in the, in the world. That's the only reality that we can see. And so we are anxious. And so there is no hope. But God has given us this gospel. But when we look at reality today, we are ashamed. So many Christians are ashamed of this gospel, but not because of what you think. People are ashamed of the gospel because they don't know what the right gospel is. Because the wrong gospel is being, you know, is what is being relayed to the people. There is no power. There is no power of God. There is no guidance of the Holy Spirit. There's none of that if you have something that is fake. We see this with counterfeit you know, products, things that look the same but are totally different, especially during this holiday season. A lot of bootleg you know, iPhones and <laughs> AirPods and all this stuff. You got to be careful. Uh, if it's too good to be true, right, the deal, don't take it <laughs> because usually those will be fakes. But when you have a fake and you think it is real, what do you think happens? Disappointment. I thought this was supposed to do this, but it's not doing anything, right? I thought it was supposed to have noise cancellation or transparency mode that's really top of the, you know, top of the industry, but doesn't do any of that. You're just disappointed. This is the reality that we live in where so many churches today are not holding on to the true gospel, but something that is fake. In Matthew 16, 13 through 16, Jesus actually asks his disciples, who do people say that I am? And you know what people said? Oh, people think that you're like Elijah. People think you're like Jeremiah. They think that you're John, John the Baptist. Or some people think that you're one of the prophets. That's what people thought of Jesus. But then Jesus turns the question to his disciples directly and says, but who do you say that I am? And Peter gives the greatest confession, saying, you are the Christ, son of the living God. Maybe for us today, that means very little. Like, what, 
what does that mean? <laughs> and I'll, I'll, I'll go through that today too. But that confession is the greatest confession because in it is the true gospel. Because this gospel, it says that it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. This is not an exclusive promise. This is a very inclusive promise for everyone. But the key is belief, faith. And in that faith, we move from being spiritually dead to becoming spiritually alive by the Spirit of God who dwells with us. He is Emmanuel, God who is with us. He's not a God that is far away, God who abandons us when we mess up. No, he is God with us even through the mess ups, even when things are good, even when things are bad, even when you're struggling. Where do you think you need to receive strength from when you're struggling, right? Satan is so good in making us believe that God just vanishes. And so we don't turn to him at all when we are struggling. We just, you know, kind of bear down and hope for the best. But this is not the gospel. The gospel shows us something more precious. Because it shows that we are made right with God because of what? His righteousness. His righteousness has been revealed. And how do we receive this righteousness? How, do we, how are we made right with God? It's through Jesus. And Jesus, he is the Christ. It's not Jesus Christ, a name. It's Jesus who is the Messiah. Christ is Messiah or anointed one. And it's in him that once we were stuck in sin, Satan and separation. This is a problem that the whole world has to answer for. No matter what religion you are, no matter what belief system you have, how are you going to address this fundamental problem? How can we address sin? How can we address this topic of evil? How can we address this problem that humanity has been separated from God due to sin, right? And this is the answer that we need to look for. And what we see in the Bible is that Jesus, him being the Christ, means that he fulfills these three roles of priest, king, and prophet. Priest, one who has forgiven sin. King, who has defeated Satan. And the prophet, who has made the way for us to meet with God where there was no way. It says it's from faith for faith, meaning that this is relationship. This is relational, meaning that God, we think that we have to somehow like conjure up faith by ourselves, and it's just really hard to do that, and maybe I'm just not a good Christian, and <laughs> that's why I'm struggling so hard. No. It comes from faith given, to, given from God. And from God, we receive this faith so that we can actually display faith. It's weird. We need God's grace in order to have faith. 
It's not something that we do by ourselves. It's something that we need to actually ask for. Not something that just, oh, if I just am diligent <laughs> or, I don't know, go through the motions more, then it should work. We need to understand what it means to actually have a relationship with God. What it means to communicate with God, not just at church, not just when things are in you know, worship mode, but when you're, you're back at home, when you're working, when you're struggling. Like this is where it counts. Yes, it counts here too, but it counts more actually outside of church where we're seeing the works of God take place. And that's what we need to see. Our third point here today is this. And this third point is very important. And I, I really want us to uh, focus really right on this third point. God, he has called us the righteous, right? And this is the righteous shall live by faith. And that righteousness comes through relationship. It's not a righteousness that we come up with by ourselves, but it's the fact that we have received Christ as our Lord and our Savior that we are made right. This is a point that I bring up a lot. <laughs> the wages of sin is death. And we can't pay this debt of death, right? This debt of sin. And that's why it's in this relationship Jesus takes our place on the cross. He takes the weight of sin that we were supposed to bear for ourselves, which would be fair, and he places it on himself to pay for a debt that we couldn't even pay for in the first place. That's why we are righteous. Not because you are good, not because you've made your quota for how many times you should come to church in a year, but because of Jesus. And it's in Jesus Christ we are able to devote. We're able to do the works that he's asking us to do. And it's in this relationship we need to communicate. However, we have a problem and 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 through 7 actually does a great job in explaining what this problem is. Let's uh, read this together. I'll read it out loud. Just follow along. But understand this, that in the last days, there will come times of difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the appearance of godliness but denying its power. Avoid such people, for among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins and led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at a knowledge of the truth. Amen. This passage is not talking about a non-believer or someone that's outside of the church. This is actually describing people in the church. 
And this is the problem. When we communicate, we're not communicating the true gospel or communicating within the true gospel. We're communicating within our own desires and passions, our own stubbornness, all these things that we just read, this list that we see in 2 Timothy, and people taking advantage of people that are vulnerable, that are stuck in religious living, that feel guilt from sin, but they're not giving them answers, but making them more guilty, so in some way to have control over their life. This is religious living. Like we talked about the previous week, it is man's standard of holiness, not God's standard. And that's the problem. When we're, when we're communicating, we're not communicating in the realm of the true gospel. We're communicating in the realm of this. This is fake. This is not the true gospel. And Paul is communicating that to Timothy in this second letter that we see. But God, he has given us the solution. And we see that solution in Christ, but mentioned again in John chapter 8, verse 31 through 32. And it reads like this. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Amen. And this is the blessing that we've been given. Um, We've been given his word. We're not given hearsay. We're not given what a certain very prominent or very charismatic pastor said. No, he gave us the word. And he says, abide in my word, then you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and this truth will set you free. And this is the blessing that we've been given as children of God. And in our conclusion here today, uh, if we can uh, go back to the PowerPoint, please. Thank you. We need to discover God's plan. How do we do that? By not blaming the wrong thing, right? When it comes to troubles that we face, a lot of times we blame God, right? It's easy to blame God. God, I thought you were good. I thought you had a plan. I thought you had this or that. But when we look at our lives, do we really want God to speak in our lives? Do we really want him to be involved? A lot of times we don't. So in, in many ways, it is rightful for us to go through the hardships that we are going through because that's all we see is me being the Lord of my life, not, being, not Jesus. We really need to ask ourselves, what am I really holding on to today? Am I allowing Jesus to actually lead my life or am I just freestyling it, right? But be aware that when you freestyle it, know and connect the dots why things are happening that it's not just random happenings, but it's, it really is connected spiritually as well that we need to be aware of. And part of that is this mindset of don't get caught up in winning. And what I mean by that is a lot of times when we fight with people, 
sometimes it's not about it's just no actually it's all about me winning <laughs> i want to win i want to win this argument or i want to win uh this whatever whatever's at stake because it's important to me but we have to actually have a bigger uh, picture we need to see the bigger picture while most people play checkers we need to play chess <laughs> right we need to play a more advanced game when it comes to life and that comes through this it really comes through the word that we're given it's not about winning but rather it's about giving life because if it's only about winning then what ends up happening is we get into this mindset of you die, I die. <laughs> or I die, you die. <laughs> Vice versa. And that's not a good way to live, right? When everybody's just killing each other. We really need to see what is it that God desires. Discover God's plan. Because the world chases after these things. We talk about this a lot, right? Genesis 3, being self-centered. Genesis 6, being very materialistic. And Genesis 11, with the Tower of Babel, being success-driven. This is the root for a lot of problems that we see today. That's why we need the correct gospel. That Jesus, he is the Christ. He is the solution to this problem of separation from God. This issue of sin and this issue of Satan. And he prepares us so that we can be a witness. And he's creating through our lives this masterpiece. And this is what we have to relay to the next generation. This masterpiece is built up of your talent and the content of the gospel. We have to see these two things merge so that we have something of worth to give to this next generation. When I think about my kids or when I think about, you know, even further down the line, you know, it's like, aren't you too young to think about these thoughts? No, I don't think so. It's when we think about these thoughts that we're actually able to think about what I can do now to get them there in the future. Because what I desire more than anything is for my ceiling to be their starting point. Where the blessings that I receive from God, I want that to be their starting point so that they can go further with it. To reach not just here in Maryland, but to go further into the world that is around us. This is what needs to be relayed. This is what needs to be passed on. We need to give something of worth that goes beyond money, that goes beyond just material wealth. We need to give something that's beyond just health-related, but we need to give something that this next generation can come alive with, where they can find why life is worth living, that they can see why they're all, they, they can see their purpose through the talents that God has given them through this gospel. There's a reason why we're here in the United States. There's a reason why you are at the school that you're at. There's a reason why you are with who you are. 
You know, you, there's a reason why you are married to who you are, <laughs> who you're married to. There is a reason. Without Christ, there is no reason, you know. <laughs> and we just have a lot of anxiety or a lot of regret or a lot of hurt or a lot of scars. By ourselves, that's the best we can do. But with Christ, as we discover his plans, as we become this witness, God gives us life to pour into our family. God gives us a future so we know what to relate to our next generation, what to raise this future generation with. Ephesians 3, 8 through 10, it, it reads like this. To me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that through the church, the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Amen. God, he is calling us to be the relayers of his manifold wisdom. Where we're not passing on good morals. We're not just passing on good thoughts. We're passing on life. And this is what the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places need. This is what the rulers and authorities on the earth need as well. And these are things that God gives. He gives wisdom to those who seek him. And this is what we need to discover as we go through this covenant journey, this journey of life with his promises, that we can truly stand as living witnesses. And just like the title today, what must we relay? We need to relay this gospel, just like it says in verse 16 and 17, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. 